So you might know that you don't want to yell at your child. You know that you don't want to, you know, say horrible things to them. You know that you want to connect with them. You know that, you know, we know how we want to do it or what is ideal for them. Yet in the everyday, we find ourselves doing and saying things that we wish we were not doing or saying. It's like something is taking over us. Right. Even though we know we don't want to yell, there is something in our body that comes and explodes and makes us yell. Yeah. So just knowing with a rational brain how we want to do it or what we want to do and not do is not enough. Welcome to the Rise Podcast. Rise above your fears, rise above your challenges, rise above the unexpected. You have come here today to listen to leaders and everyday people from around the world talk on health, love, life, spirituality, business, and the planet. By listening to stories of others transcending their challenges, it expands your knowing to see and hear that you have the capacity to access the same resources and internal energy so you can rise into a state that will serve your abundance, flow, and harmony. I am your host, Amy Redunds. Together, let's find a new way to get things done. Together, let's find a new way to be. Together, let's rise. Parenting. Most parents can agree it is one of the biggest challenges in personal development you can choose to go through. On today's episode of the Rise podcast, we're speaking with Mama Manon. She's a somatic healer and a coach on playful parenting and attachment style parenting. We're going to be discussing how you can choose to look at your unconscious programming from your own childhood and make changes for our own parenting journey. We're talking about how we can address behavioral issues with our children, topics on tidying up, If you have a new baby entering into your family or if you've had a new addition in your family over the past year or so and you've got an older child struggling, we're going to discuss tips and tricks on how that adjustment can be a bit smoother. Or if you're noticing you're always busy and you struggle to be present with your kids, Mama Manon is going to be discussing what are the mindset hacks behind that. So I hope you do enjoy today's episode. Hello and welcome to today's episode of the Rise podcast. I am super excited today to have our guest Mama Manon with us. Welcome. Thank you, beautiful. I'm so happy to be here. So I would love for you to share with our audience, who are you and what do you do? Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, So firstly, I'm a mom. I'm a mother. I've got a beautiful daughter who's seven years old. Her name is Ayo. Um, And I am trained as a somatic experiencing practitioner, which is basically trauma healing through the nervous system. So I work mostly with moms and with some dads as well um, around self-regulation, co-regulation with their children, healing from triggers, um, managing emotions in a healthy way, processing traumas so they're not 
haunting them anymore um, and working around attachment as well so that they can have the attachment and the connection they want with with their children and I do that mostly online um, with moms and dads that are all around all around the world yeah yeah I love it that's me in a nutshell yeah and um Chris and I attended one of your courses um in Perth I can't remember now oh actually I think our second was only a few months old so it would have been about three years ago and we both found it very profound um and so I started following you from then on and yeah you always you always seem to drop on social media the right messages for us and so I'm always tagging him my partner Chris always tagging me okay you need to read this as well and we need to apply this at home so uh, yeah we have I remember um, I remember those workshops in Perth that was two years ago when I went all around Australia and offering workshops on um, playful parenting correct. so we were playing together yeah and, yeah yeah the so, workshops. that was fun yeah let's yeah. let's explore that and talk to that um what what is playful parenting Playful play is basically learning some very, very simple games that help you um, create a deeper connection with your child in just a few moments, you know, many times a day, right? Um, it helps you develop deeper connection, but it also helps the child process emotions that he might have built up during the day, during the week, the month, or, you know, the last two years. Um, so processing emotion, but also um, healing from trauma. Yeah, we know with play therapy that children process their traumas through play. They play things out in order to heal. So it's uh, it's quite amazing the the amount of potential there is in a simple game or the fact of playing with our, our children can really help the child feel deeper connection with us it helps him feel more relaxed and so behave in a much more peaceful way and it can even help him process emotions and, and heal from trauma so I, I love attachment play for that yeah and I've seen it firsthand I I can't remember um, exactly how you had positioned it in your workshop but you had explained a scenario of what kind of behaviors come up when a child might be dealing with trauma of like hospital trauma or being restrained I think it was and our son had had a traumatic experience in the hospital um, where mm. the doctors were like holding him down pinning him down and you know taking different oh. blood tests and all of these sorts of things and um yeah, this, I think he was about a little over one at the time. And so, Oof. yeah, we had, we had done a, a healing game that you had explained around like making them feel trapped and then like setting them free. And um, yeah, we, we saw the shifts in his behavior change after that, which was, yeah, which was super powerful. And I'm yeah. glad. I'm glad. Yeah. So you were kind of recreating the, the situation, but in a safe and playful way so that his little body that was probably feeling overpowered and unable to move in that moment it, it, inside of him, he wanted to go away. He wanted to push the doctors. He wanted to run away, right? Which is the fight response or the flight response. 
yeah, wanting to fight against or run away. And when this is trapped in the body, because, you know, we have to stay still in a medical intervention, and that's true for adults as well, all that energy or the fight or flight can be um, remaining, can stay in the body a long, long time after the operation, unless it is discharged. And so what you've done of playfully, safely um, playing around as, oh, you're trapped and then oh, you can go. His body could finally complete that flight response of running away in a playful, empowering way or pushing you away, pushing your arms away so that his body could discharge right, the fight energy or the flight energy that was in his body and was probably making him feel mad and running like crazy or misbehaving. And I put that in quotes. That was just a result of built up fight or flight energy in his body from the, from the medical intervention. Um, I'm so glad that you've done that with him and that you could see the the difference. What a gift. Yeah, what definitely. Gift. Yes. And so many things you've shared. I guess what can you share with us, client that you've worked with? What were, I guess, you know, um, behaviors as you put in quotation marks, um, you know, bad behaviors that were playing out? Um, and what playful parenting technique did you apply to see something shift? Can you share another example? So I, I only work with the parents myself. I don't work with the children. So usually um, the, the kids will come, um, sorry, the parents will come with, you know, a struggle with their, with their child. Oh, there are so many. There, there's so many. And usually it's, it's just the fact of giving the child so see, seeing the child differently. So when parents come to me and they tell me, oh, my child is being bad or naughty, is misbehaving, we'll look at what has happened to the child in the past. And we realize, or the parents realize that the child has gone through things that were stressful for him. And so his behavior is only showing the stress that he has gone through is only showing that he's struggling inside of him because maybe he had a little brother or sister coming in and it doesn't feel like he's loved anymore because mom and dad are busy with baby, right? Um, let's take this example. When a baby comes in, in the family, the older child often feels a bit scared because he had mom and dad's attention, all their attention his whole life right? And suddenly baby is here and babies take a lot of time. We have to give them time, right? Um, and so the older child can really feel like, oh, do they still love me? Do they still want me? And they go into a, a, a deep fear that, you know, they don't choose, obviously. And that can make them behave erratically right they can become really really erratic climbing all over jumping around because they're trying to manage the energy inside of them the fear of not being loved anymore not being wanted anymore right I'm not saying that this is how the parents feel at all right this is his little brain going from 100 percent attention to only now 50% of the attention, right? So it creates that fear. Um, and that can show up as misbehavior, right? What can happen also with um, if 
um, when baby comes uh, for the older child is that it can feel angry. It can feel resentful towards baby, right? So, oh, he's getting more attention than me. Uh, now, since he's there, uh, I'm not getting so many cuddles, blah, blah, blah. So he's got lots of anger and resentment inside of him. And that can make him wanting to hit or yell, being a bit aggressive, right? And again, we could see that as the child being naughty, being misbehaving, when really, when we start understanding that he's just really scared and it's been a big transition for him. He's resentful of that little creature that is taking all his mommy and daddy's love and time, right? When we understand that, when we understand that his behavior is coming from suffering inside, then instead of wanting to punish him for his misbehavior, we can see as, oh, wow, yeah, it's hard for you since baby has come around, right? <clears throat> it's difficult for you. You wish baby was not here, right? We can have compassion for him and we can give him what he needs, which is that special attention, that feeling of like, I see you, I understand you, this is difficult. Come here for a cuddle, I've got you, right? which is very different from the punishments that we were taught to do in the old school parenting, right? And usually when parents can shift this, acknowledge the child, um, do some little games with attachment play, uh, which is just like one minute, two minutes long, but really give the child a deep sense of connection, their behavior starts shifting. They start being much more at peace inside of their body, calmer, more loving towards baby, and, and the whole family feels so much better. It's a, it's a beautiful um, outcome when we, we it, it, and it really comes from a shift in perception of yeah. my child is being bad from, from my child is being bad to, oh, he's actually struggling. And let's see how we can help him at the core of his struggles yeah. with play. Yeah with love, with attention. Yeah. And so what a, like, I know that you shared with us one game that is able to create that connection with that older child. Um, and that was the, like, he's mine. And so we do yeah. that often in the house where, you know, um, yeah, we take one of the children, we run away from the other parent saying, he's mine, he's mine, he's all mine. And then the other parent is like, no, no, he's mine, he's mine. And the kids like love it. They keep going, yeah, I want to do it again. Do he's mine, he's yeah. mine again. So they, they love it. Are there, are there they any other? They would love it. They yeah. would love it because both parents really desire them, right? Which is what was missing in you know, the feeling of, oh, they don't want me anymore since baby is here. They don't love me anymore. That game where both parents playfully fight to have the child because they love him so much is that feeling of, oh, I'm wanted, I'm loved, I'm desired. And this yeah. is, it's, it goes much further than the game itself, right? It's deeply healing. Yeah, totally. Deeply healing. Totally, I love yeah. that you're playing this game. Yeah. And you, yeah. can, you can see them just light up that they, yeah, that they um, are being adored by both parents to fight over them. Yes. Um, yes. Are, there, are there any other tools or games that you feel um, parents could use in that situation, uh, similar to the he's mine kind of game or she's mine kind of game? Yeah, um, there, yeah, there is a, there is a, um, 
a kind of games that I really like to play with children over one and a half, two years old, which is what we call symbolic play. So using dolls and blocks and objects to symbolize a situation. We could take a, a, a doll and put a baby you know, in her belly, like a little a smaller doll in her, in her belly and represent the family of mommy, daddy, and the older child, yeah? Mm -hmm. And tell the child, so that's, that's how, you know, we've got three people, there's mommy, daddy, and the child. And then one day, baby came, right? And you pull baby out of the doll's little dress. And then you wait, and you see what the older child wants to do. Here is an invitation for the child to say, hey, that was a big transition, right? There was mommy, daddy, and you, and now there's mommy, daddy, you, and baby. How do you feel about that, right? We don't say it like that, really, with a two-year-old. We, we offer a game so that he can show how he feels about it. Yeah. And so you might have the older child uh, taking baby and wanting to put you know, baby in the bin or something like that. <laughs> well, this is good in a way because he's showing you that's how I feel about baby. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I wish mm -hmm. baby was not here. And it's very important here that we don't shame him for those emotions. Because he is vulnerable, he's telling us that's how I feel about baby so what we want to say in those moments are oh wow yeah you want to put baby in the bin you wish or the, the little the little boy wish baby was not here right and here the child feels sin yeah that's how i feel about baby yeah and that brings peace it's like well mommy and daddy they get me right um, he might put baby, you know, in a plane and say, baby's going for a trip far away from the family, right? Again, here he's showing, I wish baby was further away so I could have mommy and daddy just for myself, right? Again, he's just showing us how he's feeling and we want to hold space for that, acknowledge that, right? Because once those feelings are shown, once they are seen by us and acknowledged, the child feels much more, much more at peace. And it gives us an idea of how they feel inside, right? So it can be a, uh, a great way to know what's happening in the child's mind and, and, and see what we can offer to him so that he feels better. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I, I love that that's what, you know, you share throughout your social media and your courses is creating these creative ways for our children to communicate to us. Because I feel like mm -hmm. you know, as adults, we're, you know, verbal. It's all around, you know, asking a question and wanting to receive it back where, you know, learning to understand our children is tapping into and trying to understand the nonverbal cues. And so I love these concepts, like these games that you bring forth to, 
to us mm-hmm. around how to get our children to communicate to us in different ways. Yeah, it's powerful. Yes, I love that you said that. We're all about the rational brain and all trying to reason while children are much more in their body. So with their emotions, so they will communicate through their emotions, through their cries or their stomping their feet, right? Um, and they will show through play how they feel. So when we learn to communicate in this way, understand their emotions and communicate through play, it's a whole new world of relationship that, that opens with our children. It's really beautiful. Yeah. So talking on that topic of big emotions and stomping and all of that, we have a three-year-old who um, is very verbal and very expressive and very emotional. And I'm quite comfortable in letting him have those big emotions. Um, My husband, on the other hand, really struggles with it. And we actually just had my parents also living with us for the last six to seven weeks. And I could tell they were really struggling with it too. So, you know, my partner often asks me, like, is this healthy to let him sit in these emotions and express all of these emotions? Are we not setting a precedent that it's okay to just have meltdowns and yell at us and stomp and and that that's okay? So, you know, in his mind, and, and maybe this is possible, in his mind, he's thinking we need to be teaching him how to move through these emotions quicker so is there a healthy way to teach our children to move through these emotions quickly and are we setting a precedence by saying it's okay to yell and stop mm-hmm. and, and yeah have, have well, these, these big emotions in front of people yeah so we we want to realize I think the most important thing here is to realize that our children don't choose to have those emotions in the moment. They're not pretending to have them. They're not trying to manipulate us with their emotions, right? I mean, try right now to cry and become right in the face and have a huge tantrum just like that right now. Mm-hmm. We can't, mm-hmm. right? It's just, it's the, the tantrum, the anger is a buildup of emotion inside of the body because something has happened, because something upsetting has happened. It's not like uh, the child is saying, oh, I, got, I want to have uh, a cookie, so I'm just going to get super mad right now. No, no, right? A child who's having a tantrum or who's angry is because something has happened either right now or in the past, right? Um, And that's something we really want to to get as parents. They're not trying to manipulate us. They're not pretending. They're not wanting to be upset. They don't want, it doesn't feel good to be in a tantrum. It doesn't feel good to be angry, right? We would rather feel happy and joyful and relaxed, right? And that's true for children too. They don't want to be in those emotions. Um, So that's something very important, Mm -hmm. yeah? That if they're going into a tantrum or if they're angry, it's because something has happened, yeah? Now we know that emotions in the body and we know that for somatic work, uh, to move out of the body, they need to be felt, 
yeah and the body moves with them and our children do that beautifully when they're angry you know it because they show that with their body right their fists are clenched they stomp right they throw themselves on the ground it's a physical thing um, and this is good right we want the the, the body to process those emotions um, when we're sad or we're grieving or we're really upset about something the tears can also help to let the sadness out, to move the sadness out of the body. Um, the tears can help to come back from a stressful moment. It helps the body to come back into a state of balance. It helps the nervous system come back into this a sense of balance after something potentially scary or stressful has happened, right? So tears can be healing. And a lot of us uh, you know, in the world, we don't know that. We don't know that. We've been told that crying is not good and that we should stop it when it has its purpose, right? Crying has its purpose. It's something coming out of the body for a reason. Just like when we pee or poo or sweat, it all has a purpose in the body, right? The tears have as well. Um, so it is so important, I believe, that we allow our children to feel their emotions, to hold space for them, yeah? Little children also don't have the capacity to really stop themselves and, you know, pretend that everything is okay in public. So it's normal when they're little that, you know, there is a lot of a lot that there are you know tantrums and things in public right then usually what happens is that when we allow this to happen at home we create a safe space at home for emotions as they grow up they learn that you know in the supermarket it's not ideal to have a tantrum but they will be able to share those emotions with us at home later on Right, so little by little, they learn that, oh, okay, I can keep it in for now, and I will let them out at home with just mom and dad when it's safe and it's okay to do so, right? I guess, what, what about, you know, the boundaries side of things? So, um, you know, our son will often yell and scream at us, and so, you know, it's not nice to be yelled and screamed at, so <laughs> I guess... I guess Absolutely. there's a concern he, of, of, okay, that we're saying that that's okay to yell and scream at people because seeing my son also yell and scream at my parents, you know, right. my shadow right. stuff comes up and is like, oh, like, don't do that. That looks bad. So, right, um, exactly. Yeah, so here is the difference. That? Yeah, that's the difference between feeling and expressing our emotions, right? And feeling, for example, if I'm, angry or be like, oh, I'm angry, right? I'm, I'm feeling it inside of me. It's very different if I come and yell at you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's okay for me to feel angry, be angry in my body, say it. It's not okay for me to hurt anyone around me because I'm angry. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's an important distinction we want to do with our children. It's like, yeah, you're angry, fair enough. What just happened was not cool. I've got you. I hear you're angry and I won't let you hit me mm -hmm. and I don't want you to yell at me. Yeah. So it's yes for emotions, 
no for hurtful or damaging behavior. Yeah, so we, we set a boundary here and we can always ask our child, you know, we, we want to tell them how they could do it differently. Yeah, and be authentic. So when your child is yelling at you, let him know how that feels authentically for real for you. If my daughter yells at me, I would tell her something like, wow, when you yell at me like that, I just want to go away. Mm-hmm. I don't want to give you what you're asking me because when you yell at me like that, I feel attacked. And all I want is to be away from you. That's a very important feedback. It's authentic. Yeah, it's authentic. And so she knows what her behavior is doing to me. Yeah, because indeed, if she yells at someone else in the street or whatever, they either going to want to run away or they're going to be aggressive towards them well, yeah, when they're adults. Yeah? yeah, so they need to know that. They need to know that. that. So being authentic, being authentic. Yes, I get you angry and I don't want you to yell at me. Yeah, yeah. It's taking me a couple years to (laughs) go because, you know, getting like yelled at and getting angry too and then being like, okay, Mm -hmm. don't like yell back. So, yeah, I've like consciously like, okay, cool down. How do I want the children to respond to me that's how I need to respond to them so um yeah so yeah that takes a process parenting is it takes such a, a lot of personal development journey oh, it's huge it's huge and you know it's very very normal that if you're being yelled at you want to yell back mm-hmm. yeah it's an absolutely natural thing to do because the your nervous system perceives that as an attack Mm, Whether it's three years old or 30 years old, it perceives it as an attack. So you will go into either a fight response where you yell back or you will go into a flight response where you want to run away. Yeah. Some people can also go into a freeze response where they just shut down and just can't react, can't respond. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's not something we choose. It's what our nervous system does automatically. Yeah. So you wanting to yell at your child is a very normal response and they need to have that feedback yeah because as i said if they yell at someone when they're 20 years old in the street well that person might become aggressive towards them as well Mm -hmm. right it's like wow when you yell at me i feel like yelling back at you and i'm not going anywhere when that happens so how can you communicate what you feel differently show me differently how you feel do you want to draw it to me? Do you want to show me with movements? Because when you yell, I can't be there. I can't be present with myself. I can't be present with you. Show me, show me differently. Yeah. So we give them all the options so that they can, um, yeah, they can learn to do things differently. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. So can you share with me how this journey into somatic healing started for you? Were you having challenges in parenting yourself or did it start before parenting? Where did it all come from? Yes, of course I had problems with parenting. (laughs) I don't think there is any parent out there that was not struggling, that is not struggling with their child. It's uh, parenting is bringing the most shadow side of you and it's bringing all the stuff that we haven't resolved in the past back in the present and it's uh 
yeah, we're, we're really meeting all, all shadows and the inner monsters we have inside. So I've been through that as well and still, still am now and then. Um, so yeah, that was a big, a big thing for me. I, I've actually started with, um, you know, learning about aware parenting and the emotions and, and that was, that was really great. Um, and I've started supporting parents, mothers especially. And then I've realized, you know, that for myself and for all the parents I was working with, that just having the right information was not enough. So you might know that you don't want to yell at your child. You know that you don't want to, uh, you know, say horrible things to them. You know that you want to connect with them. You know that, you know, we know how we want to do it or what is ideal for them. Yet in the everyday, we find ourselves doing and saying things that we wish we were not doing or saying. It's like something is taking over us, right? Even though we know we don't want to yell, there is something in our body that comes and explodes and makes us yell, yeah? So just knowing with a rational brain how we want to do it or what we want to do and not do is not enough. It was not enough for me. It's not enough for most parents, right? We all have loving intentions. We all love our kids. We all want to do the best for them. And we keep finding ourselves doing or saying things that are not the case. And so I had to investigate, you know, what's happening? Why do we do that? Why do we not, you know, why we're not simply the parents we want to be ideally in our minds, <laughs> right? And I've realized um, that there is something happening automatically in our nervous system when we are feeling stressed, right? Um, we might go into a survival mode, into a fight or flight or freeze response or phone response, yeah. And so we start doing or saying things that are not what we want to do. And it's something that happens automatically. It's not something that we choose to do. It's our nervous system. When it's perceiving a stressful situation, it goes into survival mode, yeah. Or if we're triggered by something in the present, we've got energy from the past that is coming up now and make us explode, right? So there is something there that is unconscious, we don't choose to do it, and automatic in our nervous system. And that's when I've started training in somatic experiencing to figure out how we can work with the nervous system so we can help our body not go into survival mode or come out of survival mode easier and heal past traumas so there are not triggers in the present with our children every day. So I've done that for myself and I'm doing that for the, the parents that I work with now. Yeah, and I can imagine how, how powerful it is. Yeah, Oof. like everything that you you know, you said just then, like I even reflect on my own journey and yeah, you do, you go, okay, this is what I want to do with my children. I want to be present. I want to allow them the space to be heard. Um, and especially, you know, um, for me as a child, I didn't feel like I was truly heard. So of course, you know, your own traumas, you want to get, pass that on to your children. 
And then of course, you know, I'm then gifted with a child that constantly wants to speak <laughs> and it can then be very exhausting, like constantly hearing them speak. And so I just want some quiet time now. Yes, and yes. To, to say, you know, I find myself saying, just be quiet. <laughs> I'm trying to have some quiet time. And then like, I reflect on it. I'm like, oh my goodness, like, what am I doing? I want to create space for them to be able to talk. So um, mm -hmm. oh, it's amazing what the universe just gives us, right? In terms of mm -hmm. showing us, A, how, you know, our parents then instilled that on us because they wanted yes. to um, also have that space, that quietness. And mm -hmm. so you're then being gifted to show, you know, how that is then passed down to your children. Um, so the awareness is so powerful. So, yes. Yeah. yeah. We find ourselves saying or doing things that our parents were saying to us. Right. And we can hear our own mother or dad's voice in our head when that happens. Right. And it's so unpleasant because we, we promised we would not do what was done to us, right? Yet, as you said, it's something that was passed on us and it does require some awareness and sometimes some, some healing work to you know, undo the pattern, heal that part of ourselves so that we can do it um, differently. And it's a beautiful, a beautiful journey. And as you said, our children are the best to point out to us the things that... Um, require some some work in ourselves they're pushing our buttons yeah <laughs> yeah we we all know that and the buttons i see them really as things that are unresolved in us from the past yeah right it's like oh mom i see you're struggling with setting boundaries with me right so i'm going to push that and i'm going to you know do everything you tell me not to do and right? Push and push and push so that you can find that strength inside of you. Mommy, I need you to be strong with those boundaries. So I'm, I'm going to point that out to you again and again so that you can see that and do the work so that you, you can be that, you know, strong mommy that I need with boundaries. That They don't do that. They don't push our buttons to be annoying. They push our buttons because they feel that we're a bit wobbly in that aspect and that's making them feel a bit unsafe mm, interesting okay right so they're like here can you i need that i need you to put those those good boundaries for me so that i feel safe yes i'm gonna they keep pushing and pushing until we learn to set boundaries and and then they finally feel safe in them and so they don't need to push anymore mm -hmm. i've seen that again and again happening in the work that I'm doing mm -hmm. it's quite fascinating so is what what would you say is the most common question or struggle or challenge parents come to you with is it boundaries mm -hmm. or is there something else that they come to boundaries you? is a huge part of my work yeah um boundaries um anger where we have a you know we have a hard time controlling our anger we we yell at our kids when we really don't want to do it um triggers like being triggered on you know one or two very specific things and the the difficulty feeling safe enough in our body to actually sit and connect with our children 
I work a lot with moms that are, you know, always running, rushing, busy, doing something. And it's very hard for their body. They don't choose to do that. It's just hard because there is a bit of that activation inside of them, that flight response that is making it not safe to stop and connect, right? So that's what I'm working the most with boundaries, anger, triggers, and connection and attachment. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And what would you say in regards to, you know, women? Because, you know, I feel that's as well, that whole running around and, and being busy. I saw my parents do that. And I do catch myself sometimes that I do that as mm -hmm. well. So what is going on there? Why am I running around and being busy and finding finding things mm -hmm. to do yeah what's yeah that's, an, that's an important question that it can be so many things it can be so many things it can be as you said that we've seen our parents do that our parents not being able to deactivate in their body they were not able to you know, stop and be relaxed. They had inside of themselves that constant activation, almost that, you know, slight survival mode all the time, right? And so we've grown up in that environment where the people around us are constantly in that light survival, right? And when we think of survival in nature, if you're like in a group of deer, for example, if the deer are the other deer are running away, it's because there is a potential danger. So you run away as well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So in the human world, if we're around people when we grow up and our nervous system is maturing, if we're around people that are constantly in survival, it's giving a sense in our nervous system that it's not quite safe, that we need to be on guard. We need to be in survival. We need to be always ready to do something, to move, to, to defend, right? So it's a bit of um, um, a very slight dysregulation in the nervous system right? Where our nervous system hasn't learned to feel fully safe and relaxed. Mm, makes so much sense. My, my mom actually has come from an impoverished background. So um, they didn't have much growing up. She was, she's from the Philippines and her mom died. She was the eldest and her mom died um, at quite a young age and she looked after all the children. So yeah, what Oof. you're saying really, re really resonates. And then right. my dad... so she had to take care of yeah. everyone, the huge yeah. responsibility. So she would be always on, 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 on. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. then my father came from a domestic violence background. So he would tell me stories how the kids would hide under, under the bed when their dad right. would come home. Um, right. so, yeah. so he would be in survival mode as well himself. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so that it's a beautiful work to um, help our body feel safe again. It takes time and it's to be done little by little, because at first when you just, you know, if you just try to say meditate for an hour or just be fully relaxed for an hour, that is going to feel unsafe in the nervous system. Right? But I have to be on guard. Something is not safe, right? Because that's what we're used to. So very little by little, we want to help the nervous system find that place inside where, oh, I'm stopping for 30 seconds. Oh, nothing bad happens. It's safe, right? And we're retuning the nervous system to find that capacity to be still, to, be, to feel safe and to self-regulate, right? 
for other parents um, being you know, on all the time can come from, as we said, a medical intervention, maybe a medical intervention they had when they were three or four years old, where their body is still in that flight response, still hasn't um, completed it, right? Which it can be completed in, with the somatic experiencing type of work. It can be, you know, everyday stress where things are hard financially. Um, we're not feeling safe in the here and now. So we go in the here and now we go into that. I have to go and run around, right, to, to make everyday work, right? Mm -hmm. So there can be so many different, different reasons for that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. Interesting. So interesting. So I'd love for you to share, cause you've shared this on your social media recently, and I feel like it would resonate with so many parents is the mm -hmm. challenge of our children not cleaning up after themselves. <laughs> <laughs> you share your story on social media. So would, could you share with the audience? Yeah. Your journey around showing your daughter how to clean up after herself. Sure, sure. Um, well, you know, I believe my daughter is seven. I believe she knows how to clean after herself, right? She's seven. She knows how to take an object from the ground and put it back on the shelf because that's all what tidy up is about, right? So she knows how to do it. But I've realized that she was not doing it because there was something in me that was not resolved, yeah, mm -hmm. so she, it, it would be really hard for her to tidy and it would be very hard for me to help her tidy up. Each time I would go there, I would become so angry and shaming her or blaming her. Um, I was boiling inside. I was trying to contain it as much as possible and not you know, say too much, but I was boiling inside and that she could feel it, right? She could feel it and so she would flop she would go into a freeze response because i was not safe to be around in that moment right i was i was in survival mode she you would freeze and just go yeah she could feel it she was just going you know flopping on the ground and not able you know suddenly so exhausted um and it's not something she was pretending to do that's a typical freeze response right so i had to look at myself and say wow there, there is something that i need to work on and, um, and I remember my dad um, telling me things when I was a kid, like, you're so messy, one day you're gonna lose your head, right? Um, like it was something quite present in, in my childhood. And I don't remember him helping me or I don't remember any major trauma, but when I've connected with my inner child, around the issue of tidying up, I've realized that what was happening for me is that it feel, the mess feels big and I don't know how to tidy up. It was a very young inner child inside of me and I needed someone to help me with it, right? Instead of yelling at me that I'm messy, right? Um, so I, I had to do some work around my inner child and reparenting her. So, and I say her, that's me when I was, you know, two, three, four years old. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So in my imagination and tuning into my body sensation, I did some work like this, helping my inner child, um, just helping her tidying up, holding her by the hand, say, look, I'm going to help you. 
We'll do that together. You don't have to do it alone, right? Um, because I've realized that what was happening, the anger that was coming up was, you know, related to having to do it all by myself when I, when I was little, yeah? Um, so I did this work, I did this work, and now I consciously, before I go tidy up the bedroom with my daughter, I consciously connect with my inner child and let her know, come, I'm going to do it with you. I'll do it with you. And it's amazing the, the difference it creates in the body. It's like, uh, oh, I'm not alone. I'm safe. There's someone there. And so I go into the bedroom with her from that place of, it's going to be okay. I'm going to do it with you. And it, it happens. It, it works so much better, so much better. I even find myself each time when I was struggling, telling my daughter, you're not helping me to tidy up. I'm doing it all by myself. You're not helping me. I thought, wow, this is my inner child. That was my inner child talking. Yeah. So I yeah. did that inner child work for myself and trying to make it fun with my daughter. So we're, we've, we've been using a few games or creating games um, with my daughter to make tidying up fun. And I'm holding my inner child by the hand. And since then, it's just been so, so much easier. It took me a while, but it's yeah it's so much easier as now. in as in your daughter's cleaning up herself now or that just the whole process for the two of you is so much easier both we we for the two of us it's much easier I'm much more relaxed about it um I don't put my the pressure of doing everything at once but just doing a two minutes or three minutes time slot you know like let's just put the timer and do you know tidying us as much as we can for two minutes yeah, because two minutes, I know I can manage to stay regulated and I can, you know, so let's just do it for two minutes. It's less expectations, less pressure. And yeah, it's been twice now in the last two weeks that she just decided to do it by herself. She she has a positive association now with, with tidying up, where tidying up is fun and it's okay, right? Tidying up is not anymore. Mommy is getting angry and yelling at me kind of energy. So she can now do it by herself. And it's just so much easier for Yeah, amazing. For That's great. Yeah. <laughs> so for yeah. parents that haven't done inner child work before, do you have any resources that parents can access or can they just choose to work with you? What, what can that journey look like that parents that want to delve into that inner child work mm -hmm. that, that's some that's something we can do in one-on-one -on -one, um inner child work i love the inner child work with the somatic aspect because then it really helps to embody the work and work with the nervous system and the child the inner child's um nervous system there, there are many people who do inner child work in the world. So wherever they are, they can find someone um, that does inner child work. There is a beautiful book called, um, uh, I think it's called Journey of the Inner Child by Robin Grill, who's Australian, mm -hmm. um, where it takes you through the process, a very detailed process. Um, I believe it can be simplified, but that's a, a, a fantastic way to see how it can be done uh, for yourself at home. So that would be one of the resources I could recommend if someone is um, passionate about inner child work or really wants to dive in it. 
Great. So I would love for you to share what are your top three tips for parents that want to step into a more conscious way of parenting? What are your top three tips for them? I think the very first tip is to become self-aware. Because conscious parenting means not, you know, seeing the child as the child alone and, you know, being um, intentional with his behavior, but rather the child's behavior being a response to his environment. So if my child is behaving a certain way, chances are that I have something to do with it. Yeah, not always, not all the time, but we want to look at the part we play in the child's behavior, right? Sometimes it's an external event like a medical intervention, right? That can create some um, discomfort in the child and, and make his behavior go a bit, a bit awry. But a lot of the time, it's the relationship with us. There's something we might have missed or something that we haven't resolved in ourselves or you know, the way we interpret their behavior um, or you know, the way we think of ourselves. It can be so many things, um, but recognizing that you know, we might, well, we play a role in how our, our children are, are, um, are behaving. Right. So becoming self-aware, like where I am, where am I at? Yeah. Is my child is running all around? How am I going inside? Am I really activated and stressed right now? Yeah. And I would say this, the second, well, because I work with the nervous system, what I find extremely powerful for parents is to learn how to self-regulate themselves. Yeah, so learning very simple tools that we do in somatic experiencing to stay connected to ourselves, connected to our bodies, even though our child might be, you know, misbehaving or having a tantrum or being angry so that we can respond to the child in a, in a okay way, right, in a useful way. Yeah, so learning very simple grounding tools um, can help to, yeah, to stay connected to ourselves so that we can parent the way we want to parent. Mm -hmm. yeah. Is there a third tip there? Yes, I would say self-compassion, self-compassion, self-compassion. Because parenting is bloody hard. It's the hardest thing we do in our life. <laughs> and we can't be perfect. I put that in quotes all the time. It's we're humans. And when, as I said, when we feel attacked or when we're tired or when we are stressed ourselves, it's normal that we have big reactions that are not ideal. It's part of being a human and we don't want to beat ourselves up for that. Yeah. It happens to all of us and self-compassion is much more useful than beating ourselves up. Because when we have self-compassion, we can bring some safety inside of us, which helps us feel more relaxed and repair with our child and you know, work on ourselves to do it differently next time if we, if we want to, right? But yeah, self-compassion is really uh, the key to parenting 
consciously. Yep, agree. Yeah, agree. Yes, definitely agree. Yeah. Thank you so much for all of your wise words and teachings and learnings that you've passed on to all of us. Um, for those who want to find out more about you and what you're up to and what you're teaching, where can they find you? Yes, yeah, so I've got a website um, that is called mamamanon.com. So mama is M-A-M-A and Manon is M-A-N-O-N.com. Um, I am building a new website because there's a few glitches with this one. But yeah, I've got online courses. I've got the Playful Parenting course, um, which is the course that I've recorded online after doing the 24 workshops all around Australia. Uh, I've put that workshop online so anyone from everywhere in the world can can access it. And it's, uh, it's a fantastic workshop. Yeah, yeah thank yeah. you. <laughs> Um, I've got a workshop, uh, not a workshop, a little online course, very short one to make toothbrushing um, fun for kids that are struggling with um, having their teeth brushed. I've made an uh, online course that is called Supporting the Older Sibling with the Arrival of Baby. Uh, so if your child, even if baby is now almost two years old or three years old, if the child has been struggling, as we were talking about it, since the arrival of baby, it can you know, really shift things to understand what's happening inside of him and, and having some games and some ways to connect um, and co-regulation. Um, so that's a, a very great little course too for, for parents who are either expecting um, baby just had baby or if baby's already two years old or, or even more that can still help um, and I've got online course coming I've already run it last year which is called parenting with the nervous system in mind where we learn about the nervous system in a very simple way um, learn about emotion learn the tools I was talking about to self-regulate tools to co-regulate with our children um, how to process anger and sadness, a little bit around boundaries as well. And this is something that I will announce on my Facebook page and on my website when it will be ready for this year. And I work one-on-one -on -one with, with mothers and, and some dads too, love working with dads um, all around the world. So they can you know, email me, message me, Awesome. It all sounds juicy and super excited for the nervous system um, course. Mm. I can't, can't wait to hear more about it. So thank you so much for your time today. I'll share thank all of your you. details in our show notes so everyone can find you easily. Um, and yeah, thank you for showing parents how to rise above so many parenting challenges. Thank you. Beautiful. Thank you for having me.